Thanks for listening to The Issue Podcast. Be sure to follow our Instagram at the underscore issue podcast and our Twitter at the issue podcast. Catch us Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yo, what's up? We're back. It is Friday, September 11th, um, and we're back with another episode of The Issue. We are back in our usual studio today, back home from vacation, uh, and had some had some good riddance of some things uh, yesterday, and, and I'm feeling better than ever. Um, and we are going to be back uh, on our usual schedule, NFL now, in full swing, just all kinds of good things happening uh, all over the place now, and uh, you know, just feels good to be back. You know, oh, you, it does. You get on that vacation, and and you love it while you're there. And uh, but there's just something about getting home and, and getting back to uh, the normal swing of things. It just, it just feels fantastic. So well, I, I couldn't agree more. I'm a, I'm a creature of habit here. I like to get back in my groove. I like to be somewhere familiar. Right. And so uh, I'm, uh, somewhere I'm where the audio is be better. Yeah, I'm excited <laughs> to be back here. Um, it's a good time. You know, ready to get back at it oh, yeah. and uh, get back at it with updating you guys on the fantasy team. Okay. How's it? Uh... You know what? I, I, I made a bit <laughs> of a bonehead move. I, I yeah. told you guys last time I'm going to start Hunter Henry instead of Sammy Watkins, right? And that came back to bite you, huh? Well, we'll see. I'm hoping Hunter Henry explodes, but uh, I'm a little disappointed because Sammy Watkins did have a really good game. I mean, seven catches, 82 yards, and a touchdown was good for, in my PPR league, 21.5 points, which is way more than he was projected, and it would have been a great addition to my lineup. Especially with a tight a tight projection like it yeah. was this week. No, yeah, it's a really tight projection. Um, but I am happy that Patrick Mahomes, he did have a good game. I thought he looked spectacular. We'll get to that later um, in the episode. But uh, statistically, not huge game, 20.4 points. Not crazy, so I'm I'm happy about that. Right, and could have been definitely could have been worse. Yeah, so um, hoping Lamar comes through big. Yeah, I think I think Lamar's gonna outdo him here. I I just gotta look position by position. I got I need guys to win one on one battles right now. I'm gonna need yeah. Christian to beat Josh Jacobs, Tevin Coleman to beat David Montgomery. I think all these guys are going to DeAndre Hopkins against Kenny Galladay, Amari Cooper. Like you know, I like that. Match. I like Amari Cooper versus DK Metcalf like as well. Zach Ertz and George Kittle should be pretty close. Yeah, George Kittle probably burned me a little bit there, but, but hey. It, it should be close. I mean, Ertz is a great target. Yeah, but uh, for the other guy as well, um, I, the guy I'm playing, uh, he had Will Fuller, 19.2 points, not bad. Eight catches, 112 yards. No touchdowns, though, which kind of saved me from going too far in the hole there. But I'm liking my chances. We'll see. We'll see. I need my top two to come up big, Lamar and Christian. Yeah, but definitely still a winnable week. Yep, I'm um, just keeping you guys in the loop there. I just have a couple show updates too before we start off and get into our rants here. Um, so the NFL is back, and we are going to be adjusting to that schedule a little bit, um, just to make sure we're getting you guys the best shows at the best times to make sure we're covering everything. So um, our Monday episodes are going to be are going to start being uploaded a little earlier. Uh, they will definitely be up before the Monday night games. Yeah, it'll probably uh, so, be up by up by like I would say two p.m. Yeah, two three o'clock, uh, four at the latest. I'd say. Yeah, I but, would say um, four at the latest. You know, we still still have school, guys. Yep. Still trying to, still not able to quit school yet. Right. <laughs> uh, Monday, kidding, but um, Mondays. Will yeah, be, Mondays will definitely be up earlier because that way we yeah. can get our Monday night predictions in, get our Monday night thoughts in for you guys before you actually watch the game. You have some things to watch. Yep. Heading into the game. So, uh, Wednesdays, yeah. we will be covering what happened on Monday and, uh, we'll be predicting for Thursday. And, um, so you'll get that prediction for Thursday night football and, and the covering of, of what happened on Monday. That'll be on Wednesday shows. And then on our Friday shows, we'll be covering Thursday night football and what happened there. And we will be predicting in a new segment that will be coming up later in the show, our games to watch segment. We'll be predicting some of our games to watch. Give and- you guys about. Well, what, how many would be, what, 16? There's, what, 15 games or yeah, well, so right for opening week, 16 games? We'll probably take around. Give, give like, seven or eight. Yeah, seven. seven or eight, really, what we think are going to be tight games or what do we think are going to be interesting games or yeah, yeah. And, um, even if, it, if we think it's going to be a blowout but it could be interesting, we're going to give you guys those type of games that are, are going to be your best watch. Say you're a little pressed for time on a Sunday, you're flipping back between channels. We're going to give you guys 
the best games that you're going to want to really key in on yep. um, and look for. So, yep. And we will have uh, coming up in today's show, uh, Tim will start us off with a rant here in about a couple seconds, and then I'll have a rant coming up, and then we'll get to a break. After the break, we'll get at you guys with some news, and then we'll get to some thoughts from our Thursday night football game that we uh, very much enjoyed watching. And, oh, it was uh, beautiful. And then we'll give you the games to watch for uh, for this Sunday. So, uh, start it off, man. Yeah, no, um, you guys know, if you've been around the uh, the listening base long enough, I like to rip lists and stuff, right? Uh-huh. Well, boys, we got another one today. We got a couple today. Yeah, I got a good one here today for you guys. Um, CBS Sports, I don't know if they've like lost their mind or what here, but we're going to dissect this NFL power <laughs> rankings because it's pretty brutal. It was three days ago, a guy named Pete Prisco. Seems like a bit of a chump to me based on this list, but we'll get to that. Yeah. This could be a long one, so strap in. Um, so it starts with Green Bay at two. I'll go through the top ten. Here we got Kansas City, Green Bay, New Orleans, San Fran, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Buffalo, Philly, Tampa, Seattle. Wow. Okay, we're going to get to some. <laughs> There's some problems already, so right. I'm, I'm, so I'm excited to listen to this. At number two, Green Bay. Um, uh, I mean, I guess I'm fine with top five, but top two, I, to put them above a guy like teams like Baltimore and San Fran and even New Orleans, I would take. I just I don't know if they're if they're that level yet. I think Aaron Rodgers is still declining. I need to see him in, in year two under Matt LaFleur before I can put them at number two, because this isn't predictions, people. This is power rankings. This is wh- how good they are right now. And he's just simply incorrect. Anyway, um, I, like I said, I do. I need to see Rodgers in year two under Matt Lafleur. I think they do have the potential to get a guy like Aaron Jones, um, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. I mean, they have the guys. They got a good pass rush now with Darius Smith, Preston Smith. But on the back end, kind of lacking a little bit. Darnell Savage needs to take another step forward, and Jair Alexander. He was pretty good, but I think one more step forward to be considered a good enough corner um, to really build your secondary around. So I don't know if I'd put them at two. Um, and then, you know, Pittsburgh at five, Baltimore at six. I have a lot of issues with that. Yeah, it's not good. Um, even being from Pittsburgh and being a Pittsburgh-based sports podcast, there's no way you can sit here and tell me that that that, Pitt, that Pittsburgh is a better team than Baltimore. Um, I, I mean, right now, Baltimore has a, a better QB, a better coach, a better GM. And here's why I say coach and GM. A lot of people like Tomlin and Colbert. Um, I'm picking – I would pick Baltimore because so quickly they were able able to pivot from Joe Bur- – or not Joe Bur- Joe Flacco, sorry. Um, from Joe Flacco to Lamar. And not only did they pivot, they pivoted extremely quickly and extremely well. Yeah, they did. I mean, look, they've built that team around Lamar. They're catering exactly to his skills. They're not saying, hey, Lamar – Go back there and, and throw the ball 30, 35 times a game. They're saying, hey, man, run the ball. Get it to your playmakers. Don't do anything crazy. Win us some ball games. You be you. You be special in your own way. Yeah. They know that Lamar, he's not special in the fact that he's going to throw for 350 every game. I mean, every now and then, yeah, of course. I hope he does throw for 350. I'm a fantasy team, people. Um, but he's not going to be that guy who does it every week. Like a guy, Patrick Mahomes, could easily pop off for 350. And, and like – Every week he could. And I mean, how long? How long did it take him to turn around? I mean, it was like, no. What, I mean, what they gave him? Seasons? They gave him the reins. Well, last year was his first year as a full time starter. The year before that, he started, I think, I think nine or ten games, right? And within that, what nine, but ten plus sixteen, about like twenty five games. Um, they were able to able to quickly pivot and play to Lamar's strengths very well and built around Lamar. Pittsburgh's been trying to get pieces in and out of this place to make it work for years, years. Yep. I mean, we've had Ben forever. When's our last Super Bowl? 2008? 2009. 2009. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, and we've been trying to build around him since, and we haven't been able to do it. We haven't been able to win consistently, especially in the playoffs. Um, it's now been over a decade since we've uh, since Yeah. Our so, so basically, I, I like their GM and coach better. Um, I like their running game better. Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, Lamar, obviously. Um, and I like their secondary way better. Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, um, they're pretty loaded even without Earl Thomas. I think they're a very deep, very gritty secondary. 
Um, uh, I would say that the the uh, oh and O line the uh, the Ravens are much better. I would say the only places that that Pittsburgh has an advantage, I would say weapons slightly. Um, outside of tight end, they the Baltimore Ravens really don't have much of an option other than Marquise Hollywood Brown, and it's one guy you can double him. Um, keep a safety high. He's not really a big time possession guy. He's a deep threat. He's a he's a burner. So if you you know safety high, you'll be yeah. fine. And I think defensively, right? So and then I would say overall defensively, it's close. It's really close. I would say our front seven is definitely better than them. Yep. Um, you got a guy like Bud Dupree, T.J. Watt, Stephon Tuitt, um. Cameron Hayward, Devin Bush, Vince Williams. I mean, you got Mink, you got, and then Mink and then the you put Mink in the back end. Um, but he almost sometimes plays like a linebacker sometimes. So they have the Steelers are really good front seven. Um, but I would say overall it's really close. But I would give the edge to Baltimore. They're definitely, I think, they're a better team, oh, especially sure. because we don't know what Big Ben's gonna be. Um, so we'll move on here. He then has the Cowboys at eleven, the Colts at twelve, the Falcons at thirteen. Cardinals at 14, Broncos at 15, Chargers at 16, Titans at 17, the Houston Texans at 18, the Vikings at 19, the Patriots at 20, and the Los Angeles Rams at 21. There's no way the Rams are below the Patriots. Okay, yeah, we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So I want to start even a little bit before that. Okay, I. so you're going to tell me that the Falcons, the Cardinals – Okay, so let's start with the Falcons. The Falcons with the 24th rated offensive line and the 28th defense is better than the, than the Vikings. Okay, all right. Um, so you want to tell me that the Cardinals with the 27th ranked defense and the 21st ranked offensive line better than the, the Vikings? Okay, we'll, we'll see. Um, well, then you want to tell me that the Broncos with a young quarterback, no Vaughn Miller and no tackles. Their one tackle opted out, their only good one. And the other one is led the league in holding penalties and was rated, I think, in the bottom tier of tackles last year. And then Tyrod Taylor and company, who I like, but I need to see more of. We have no idea what they're going to be like. Those weapons have never played with Tyrod Taylor. We'll see if that offensive line can hold up. Not great. Um, it's decent. And Ryan Tannehill with the 23rd ranked defense. And let's be real, it's a run, it's a run only team. Not a run first team. It's a run only team. Ryan Tannehill is not a good quarterback. He's not a franchise quarterback. He's not better than Kirk Cousins. Continuing on. And then you want Deshaun Watson, Laramie Tunsil, and 51 middle school players to be to be better than than the Vikings, even if it is by one spot. Um, so you want all those teams with all those flaws to be better than Kirk Cousins, who's 56 touchdowns, 16 picks, finally won a big game, has 103 passer rating in the last two years. Dalvin Cook, who's easily a top five back, maybe even top three. Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, great tight ends. That makes that easily easily gives them top ten weapons in the league. Easily. And not even close the best safety duo in the league. Easily. Anthony Harris um, and Harrison Smith. Easily, easily the best safety safety duo in the league. So you think that 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 team with Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, best safeties, pretty good tight ends. Solid defense, at least middle of the road, is better than all those teams. But Tyrod, I mean, listen to the quarterbacks here: Tyrod Taylor, a young Kyler Murray, a young Drew Locke, Ryan Tannehill, Deshaun Watson with no help, Matt Ryan with no defense to give him the ball back. And you think they're going to be better than Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings with a much better coach, Mike Zimmer, and just more, just more to work with? They're they're one of the most talented rosters in the league. Oh, I can't believe that they would put the to put the Vikings that low, and especially behind teams that like that. Um, and let's 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 continue on here to the Patriots at twenty. And I want to also make a statement: we had the Patriots rated a little bit higher because we did our rankings for that specific division pre them having eight starters opt out. Yeah. Honestly, they're a six 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 win football team. I think I have them at eight and eight. There's no way I. I I mean, we. I'm going to revise that now. Um, I think they're. I think they're a six win team. I think if they get the six wins, that'll be good. We have them at eight and eight. There's no way. I think there's no way. I think they're a six win football team. Um, So if you guys want to, you know, if you hear this and think, well, he hasn't rated them so high, I'm revising it now. Okay, they're a six win football team, but they're rated 20th above the teams like the Rams, um, the Browns. Even the Bears, I, I probably even like better, to be honest with you. With that defense, 
and literally anyone. Yeah, I have the Bears at nine and seven. People bang on the Bears. Mitch Trubisky's a winning quarterback, guys. He's a winning quarterback. Yes. I don't care what you say about his stats. I, I don't think he's a franchise quarterback either. But we're talking about wins and losses here. We're talking about how can you get the football team to win a game. And Mitch Trubisky's a winning quarterback. Nick Foles is a winning quarterback, even if they end up going with him. And with that defense, they're going to be a decent football team. Okay, we'll go. You think the Patriots are better than the Rams? <laughs> okay, okay. So the Rams have a top 15 quarterback, Jared Goff. He, he's been to a Super Bowl, people. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's arguably top 12, top 10. Jared Goff's been to a Super Bowl. He was an MVP candidate, people. He was he was in the top five quarterbacks that year when he led the Super Bowl. Okay, right? So they at least have a top 12 quarterback. New England does not. We have no idea what Cam's going to be. He wasn't even good when the last time we saw him healthy, he wasn't even good. And he's been banged up. He's 0-9 in his last nine games. Okay. Um, well, moving on here. Um, the Rams have a top one defensive lineman. I'm not even saying top three. Top one. Aaron Donald's easily the best. The, pa- the Patriots don't even have anything close to that. Not even no. close. They don't even have a top 10 defensive lineman. Well, moving on here. Ooh, oh, the, the Rams have, what is that, wide receivers? And is that proven tight ends I have there? Oh, it is, yeah. Um, The Patriots have none of that, right? Nikhil Harry, terrible. Julian Edelman, superbly overrated. Not going to be able to do much out of the slot. Can't get a lot of separation. Cam's not incredibly accurate, so that doesn't seem like it's going to be a really good meshing, good relationship there. And they released Muhammad Sanu, who I thought was the only receiver with a little bit of pop on their roster. Oh, and then, and then, oh, I, I did write proven tight ends. Oh, that's right. The Patriots have no tight ends. Um, they drafted one in, like, I think the fifth round. And then they have Matt Lacoste, who I don't think is a mask more than two or 300 yards in a season. So, um, yeah, the Rams much better there. Um, let's look here. So the Patriots, um, hmm, let's see. They've had a league high eight opt outs, eight opt outs, eight starters that opted out. No Tom Brady. No weapons, no anyone. Stephon Gilmore, okay, is not going to win a lot of football games. I would give him, he might be able to single-handedly, that him and that defense might be able to single-handedly win you like four games. And I'll give Cam two or three wins. They become a six or seven-win football team. Tops. No, you know what? Six-win football team. Stephon Gilmore and the defense can get them two wins. Cam will have to get them three more, maybe four more. They'll be a six-win football team max. They're rebuilding. They want a college quarterback. They're going after Trey Lance, Justin Fields. If Trevor Lawrence, by some stroke of imagination, falls to them, they'll take him. Even JT Daniels isn't even a bad option coming out of Georgia. Um, Jamie Newman coming out of Georgia might not even be a bad option. They're looking ahead. I mean, seriously. And then you think that the Pages are better than the Browns. I mean, come on, people. We're Pittsburgh-based sports podcast. If anyone's going to rip the Browns, it's going to be me. But I can't. I can't. They have two of everything. They're Noah's Ark of a football team. I mean, are we kidding? They have two top 10 running backs. They have two top 15 wide receivers. They have two top 15 tight ends. They have two starting level quarterbacks, people. Two of them, Baker Mayfield and Case Keenum, who, remind you, three years ago, Case Keenum won a playoff game. Hmm. Okay, and they have two pass rushers, two good DBs, two good linebackers. The Patriots have one of half of that. Patriots have combined one top running back. I mean, they have like two top 30 running backs. Um, They have no top 15 wide receivers. They have no top 15 tight ends. They would have one starting level quarterback. I I don't think Jared Stidham or Brian Hoyer are starting level quarterbacks. I'd give Cam that. Not a good one. Not a good one. But bottom bottom 10. But he's a starting level quarterback. Um, No good passers. They lost. Um, Jamie Collins, who was their leading sacker, Kyle Van Noy, who was their leading pressure. Um, he had the most hits on the quarterbacks. He's gone. And uh, they don't have any good linebackers. None. Devon, or, uh, Dante Hightower opted out. They have no good linebackers, guys. You can't seriously put the New England Patriots at 20 above teams like that. Uh, I'm sorry, but Pete Prisco, you, that, that's a chump. That's a chump list right there. Um, sorry about the, the the long rant there. Didn't mean to get on my soapbox, but I had to. Um, that then, was just a terrible list. I can't imagine that someone actually would confidently do that. It was warranted. <laughs> oh, mean, sorry to let out some steam there. You, you work for CBS Sports, but you you know you put out a list like that. Um, that raises some. some Doesn't questions. even make the company look good though. Nope. That's like I'm confused. Nope. Yeah, it's terrible. But 
we're going to shift gears here a little bit. We have a very uh, football-loaded episode, and um, I wanted to get you guys some, some baseball. So they conducted another round of COVID tests, um, and we're just going to get some stats here, and then, I, and then I'll give my opinion. So the number of monitoring samples collected, right? They collected 11,669 samples this past week. Out of those 11,669 samples, only one was positive, which brings a positivity rate of 0.009%. Okay. There were zero positives from players and only one staff member was that was the positive test was a staff member. Among players, there have been no new positives for 12 consecutive days and in 20 of the last 21 days. The number of monitoring samples collected and tested overall has been 115,337 tests. Out of those, 86 were positive, which means a 0.07% positivity rate. 55 of those 86 positives were players. 31 were staff. 21 different clubs have had a covered individual test positive during a monitoring test. So, look, guys, the numbers are in. The MLB is doing a great job. It's working. Guys, I understand. Let me give my opinion real quick, and then you can get back to yours. People rip the MLB. They're saying, well, they got to postpone games. They're doing this and that. Guys. You cannot demand perfection in a worldwide pandemic. Nope. I mean, seriously, they hit on the excitement of the game. They're, it's becoming a slightly faster paced, and now it's a shorter season. Right as, a, as of right now, so it's way more exciting. You have yep. way more new teams. You have way more fun teams in it. Teams like the Padres, the Giants are in it. The Marlins are competitive. So you want excitement. You guys can't get everything. Okay. Some positive tests are going to happen. It's just going to happen. Yeah. But such a low rate, that's amazing to see. Yeah. I mean, when it's this low, I start to think maybe the fans should come back. Maybe do something. I mean, we watched the game last night, right, at Arrowhead. They had 22,000 people there. Casey made it work. Yeah, they did. And if you're getting numbers like this, why can't you allow some fans? Here's the thing. During that uh, football game last night, they uh, I know during the TV broadcast went over and and talked about the uh, the the watches. It almost looked like watches that the players were wearing. Yeah, they were. Um, what are they like tracking? Yeah, they're tracking something. devices and they're state of the art. What they do is, if somebody tests positive, so let's just say, just for an example, let's say Travis Kelsey would test positive, right? Yeah. So they're what they're going to do now is they're going to take his watch. And they can go back, and every player and staff member has to wear the watch. So they the know who he came in contact with. And they with. know which players and which staff members he was allowed around and for how long he was around them. So they can so, then test them and treat them effectively, right? And they can, what... Yep, and they can track who they were around faster to prevent a spread. Why doesn't the MLB roll out something like this? I think, doesn't it also do um, temperature checks as well? I think that thing does. Yeah, it I does. think if, if it reaches a certain point, I think it like gives an alert to whoever's monitoring and yeah. the team dog, something like that. Yeah. And if it doesn't, they should definitely do that. So, I mean, I think that right, – patent that idea if they haven't done it yet. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, guys, look, the numbers are in. The, the MLB is doing a great job, the, the, period. The system is working. It's working. 0.07% new cases, it's working. Seriously, hear me out, guys. Hear me out. So – I'll try to paint you a picture. So you got the dugout, you got some seats. I'll just go up PNC, and a lot of a lot of places are similarly laid out seating wise. So you got the dugouts, and then right above you got like like ten rows, yep. and then a little concourse, and then you have the main section. Yep. And then and like and then you got the food and everything like that. You got the clubs, and then you got the nosebleeds. Right. Yep. That's how the stadium works. So you're telling me we couldn't skip? Definitely skip the skip right behind the dugout. I agree. No one should be close to the dugout. Right. I think that's fine. Why can't, and then tell people, hey, maximum group you can bring is four. You could put four on at the end of one row, four on the end of the row right behind them, and stagger like that, and you would be fine. You would be, and maybe even maybe even skip a row in between because I don't know, I don't know if it would technically be six feet um, between those two rows, but you could easily make it work. Yep. Um, there is no there's no way that you couldn't have at least twenty five percent of people in there. I'm not asking for 50%, like what most restaurants are at, 
and all that stuff. I'm not asking for anything crazy. 20 to 25%. Let's just get to some normalcy. Let's, let's recoup some of that money. Temperature checks on the way in. Make sure everybody's social distance. Make sure you, everybody masks. has their masks on. Add some sanitizing stations around the ballpark, and you're good to go. We have fans back, right? That's what I think should happen. I, I could not agree more, especially with numbers being this low. With the players who are traveling, they're seeing a bunch of people. They're going through airlines, this, that. Hotels, in and out of hotels. I yeah. Mean, I mean, come on. The players are at the most risk, and they have such a low rate of being positive uh, for COVID. Bring the fans back. Bring the. I, I think. I think. We should bring the fans back. If you can see football, Arrowhead do it. I, I don't understand why you couldn't, why you couldn't do it in the MLB. Okay. And I mean, um, right now, TV ratings for baseball are uh, guys. If you haven't checked the numbers, higher than they have ever been for baseball in these past in the past five years. They're higher than they've ever been. So allow some fans back, get some more excitement into the game, and I think it'd be a really good move for baseball. I don't at this think point. it could hurt. I think it'd be a really good move for baseball. Well, I mean, yeah, I, there's just no way it could hurt. Um, That's about all. You I know what else can hurt? What's up? Get into a break, get into some news, and talking some more football. Thursday night, last night was exhilarating. Can't wait to talk to you guys about it. Give our thoughts, give our takeaways. Super excited. Let's let's do it. Yep. So don't miss the next segment because, <laughs> boys, it's going to be a good one. Yo. We are back. Second segment, the issue. Big football segment coming Huge up. Huge football segment. Um, we do have some baseball, though, so we'll, we'll get to that now. Yeah. Might as well get it out of the way because we just talked baseball. With our little and then we segment. have football later. So, yeah, we'll kind of break it up. So, let's go Let's go baseball. You saw Guys, how about a it? really, really interesting story. How about it? The first time in MLB history, a all-lefty lineup. I love it. All-lefties. Um, Tampa Bay Rays. I don't know who the starting pitcher they're going against tonight. I'm hoping it's righty or else this is just a terrible game plan. Yep. Either that or they all hit lefties extremely well for some reason. But anyway, super exciting. I mean, the Rays have a lot of young, really, really solid hitters, and they just happen to be left-handed or switch hitting. Um, you look at a guy like Austin Meadows starts it off. Joey Wendell, um, Brandon Lau, G-Man Choi, Kevin Kiermaier. I mean, just really good bats all throughout. Um, and, I, I love it, and they're all lefty. There yeah, it, it happens to happen. The cookie crumbled that way. Yeah, a uh, big fan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're getting into some more news. We're pretty much done with baseball for today. Let's see, is there any baseball stories here? All right, we got one here. Um, Philadelphia Philadelphia Phillies pitcher Zach Wheeler, um, will not be making his next start due to to an injury on the nail. Of his right middle finger, <laughs> which <laughs> which he which he suffered while putting on a pair of pants. Guys, I can't make this up. I, um. I'm actually reading this. <laughs> and this is literally exactly what Philly's manager said. You can't make this stuff up. And he added, it's, quote, very sore. Um, Maybe you just I'm not a- even going to cut. Maybe has anyone else seen late like, night last night? I don't know like what happened, that. but I don't know how you put on your pants and hurt your middle finger. Maybe like he had a really bad hang now and it just like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah. We can only speculate here, um, but something's up. I've never been so hurt by uh by a fingernail that I probably wouldn't be able to play baseball. Yeah. So. I don't know. I mean, he has looked really good this year though. Um, a two four seven ERA, eight starts, four and 36 Ks. Let, let's um, just be let's just and be fifty one innings. Let's be positive here. Maybe he just needed a day off. Maybe this is a way of taking a day off uh, from a whatever. hot season. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess. But that's that's a funny kind of story. I mean, oh, it doesn't. Right. It's not funny that he's injured, but it's also kind of funny because it's not serious, so we can laugh about it. Yeah, we can laugh at a we can laugh at a fingernail. I would hope yeah. so, unless twenty twenty is too sensitive for that too. So now, <laughs> um, but. Some big news out of uh, Dallas today, or well, yesterday a little bit, and then into today. Dallas quarterback Dak Prescott opened up about his struggles with mental health, um, saying that uh, he was a little bit depressed. Uh, his brother committed suicide, and then the COVID nineteen pandemic. Um, it could be tough mentally, and um, it was. I thought it showed leadership. I thought it showed, thought it showed toughness. Um, him coming out saying it. Um, letting his guys know as a leader of the football team, yeah, it happened, but hey, I'm good now. We're getting back into it, but I also want to raise, raise awareness. Um, so I loved it. But, of course, we had some idiot 
that obviously is going to say something. And that idiot happened to be someone kind of famous. Oh, God. Skip Bayless is an idiot. I'm going to say it right now. I don't care that I'm not being nice. I don't care. He's an idiot. He came out and just basically said that he doesn't sympathize with Dak Prescott because he's a leader and a quarterback, and he shouldn't be having this this issue. That that boy. And he said if he did have that issue, he should have dealt with it then instead of now. Okay. Um, okay. So that's already bad. But then it goes from bad to worse. Let's continue here. Bayless, I think it was early, earlier today or, or um, yesterday, um, he said, quote, I want to reiterate some points I made Thursday on the show about Dak Prescott and the depression that he discussed. As I strongly stated, I have great compassion for anyone suffering clinical depression, which is very real. If you're suffering from any form of depression, please seek help. Okay. No, I don't I don't think he did say that though, because he actually the direct quote out of his mouth was, I don't sympathize with Dak Prescott. That's a direct quote. That's terrible, man. I mean, come on. He just completely was way, way off here. Um all I gotta say is uh, you guys are lucky this is a uh, this is a clean podcast because I have some words for you. Yeah, and then he said also went on to say in an attempt to clarify his comments on Friday, Bayless appeared to draw a line between depression um, and the quarantine. He said this is the final point, one that this quote Skip Bayless, uh, one that one I'm told was misconstrued by many. Um, the only DAC depression I addressed on yesterday's show was from an interview he taped with Graham. Bessinger yeah, or Bensinger? Graham Basinger. Yeah, Bessinger. Um, Dak said that depression hit soon after the pandemic hit, early in the quarantine. I said yesterday that if Dak needed help from pandemic depression, he should have sought counseling then. And again, if you're suffering from anything, please seek help. But that's not what he said. Yeah, it just really, um, really wasn't a good thing to say. Well, guys, everybody has their own thing to go through, whether you're a millionaire starting quarterback on a team and, and a leader on a team or, or not. It does – the depression and mental health doesn't – it doesn't shy away from anybody. Um, anybody can suffer from it. And uh, I sympathize with Dak. I hope, yeah. he, I hope he gets better. I hope he finds a way to work through it. I hope he is uh, going to a counselor and uh, and just working through everything he needs to. And uh, Yeah, I just think get, Skip's comments completely and, missed the mark. And you can't put a timeline on on when somebody should start feeling better from something. It, everybody's different. It's going to take time. Um, yeah. It, it, that that statement is just so out of line. I agree. Skip missed the, uh, missed the mark there. Hopefully he comes out and actually issues a real apology instead of what he said, just yeah. basically kind of backing him right. up himself up a little bit. But uh, – Oh, let's get into some more positive news. Some thoughts from Thursday here. Let's go. Um, um, so we we sent out a tweet, guys. Go check out our Twitter. It is at what is at? Um, hold up at at the issue podcast. Just at the issue podcast. Yep. All one word, all lowercase, straight up. Um, we sent out a little tweet yesterday, just letting you guys know how we felt about the game. Just some thoughts. Um, I'll just reiterate that the Chiefs look really good with a rejuvenated run game. I'll elaborate on that right now. Clyde Edwards-Alaire was a breath of fresh air. Oh, my. Patrick Mahomes um, needed that run game. It took a massive weight off his shoulders. It took a lot of pressure off. So um, I did predict that Houston would kick a field goal first and then – Have our predictions. Hold up. I had the predictions. Don't worry. I know it. So I said that Houston would win the toss. They did win the toss. So I was right on that, get the ball first, but they did not kick a field goal. They ended up scoring a touchdown on their second drive. Um, so missed the mark there. But we, I predicted 34-23, and you predicted what? 38-24. So what was the final score? 30, 34-21? I think I that was saying. it. Let me check. Um, basically, I was the closest. I know that. but So that was cool. But you did guess that Kelsey would score the first touchdown for the Chiefs. And I was right. So you did nail that. He did. But anyway, like yeah, I was saying. 34-20. 34-20. Okay. But like I was saying, um, it looked like Patrick was way more comfortable, the fact that he had a run game um, to really support him. I thought it was awesome to see. And, and that's evidenced in the fact that Mahomes only threw for 211 yards. He didn't light up the stat sheet. Three touchdowns. But he was mighty efficient, 24 for 32, Got 211 yards, three touchdowns. He made the right throws when he needed to make the throws. Other than that, though, Clyde Edwards-Alaire was a beast. Darrell Williams even looked good uh, running the football. 
I was just really impressed with Clyde Edwards Alaire. And I think it makes the Chiefs incredibly scary. Yeah. I mean, you look at them, they're just they just keep getting better. Yeah. And Mahomes got better too. They just they just keep getting better. Mahomes added yet another dimension, and that's the conservative, efficient, make the right play when I need to. I don't have to always air it out type of Patrick Mahomes. Surgical passing last night. I mean, yeah. he was on fire. It wasn't even it wasn't even the volume and the the length of his passes. It was the the timing and the effectiveness of his plays and of his passes. He looked really impressive. So, and I think that was based off of the run game. All right, some more thoughts. Um, the Chiefs' defense could quietly be a solid defense. They looked really good, and I don't know if that speaks to how bad the Texans are. We'll get to that, or if it speaks to just how good the their, their um, defense was looking. Oh, Chris Jones looked like a one-man wrecking crew. Frank, Frank Clark got a lot of good pressure. Tyron Matthew was flying around. Um, their DBs were making plays. They had a rookie DB who was making some plays. They looked really good. Um, what was it? it? Was thirty-one-seven at one point? I think a lot of the those that last thirteen points were garbage time touchdowns. So I don't even really hold that against them. Basically, they won like thirty-four-ten. Basically, they they gave up maybe ten um, kind of bogus time, you know, touchdowns there. Um, but seriously, they <laughs> the Chiefs get scarier. They their defense looked really good. Yeah, they did. I mean. It, it, I thought the way they switched up their looks, Deshaun Watson looked confused. He looked very uncomfortable. I mean, especially in a season where you don't have any film to go back and watch, like any adjustments that the Chiefs made this coming into this season, it was going to be tough. Um, but, I mean, just overall, great to have football back too. I mean, just sitting down being able to watch a, watch a live football game again in the NFL. It was pretty cool. Yeah, and just, just like we mentioned earlier in the episode, to see how it, they could make it work with people in the stadium. And, I mean – No, I, yeah, I agree. Um, just the overall game. It's just um, nice to see. Yeah, but, I mean, I definitely like Mahomes. Mahomes – Looked really well, and along with their defense, they looked like a really dominant effort. And I think that also speaks to the next point I want to get to: the Texans. They just they just lack depth and possession, uh, positional talent. Um, yeah, they have talent. They have JJ Watt. They have Zach Cunningham, pretty good linebacker. Deshaun Watson, Will Fuller. They just don't have enough of it. No, and they don't have enough positional talent. They definitely need way more proven wideouts, and they need way more defensive backs. Um, I've seen enough of Vernon Hargraves. He doesn't look good. He did not look good last night. Eric Reed didn't even look good last night. Their safety, who's their definitely their best secondary um, member. They need. They just need some depth. They need some just overall more talent. I think they're going through a rebuild, but they're in cap hell, so they don't have the tools to get a lot of that talent. So that's a that's a severe problem for them. They didn't look good. Like I said, seven. They had like seven to ten meaningful points out of their twenty. They got utterly dominated. But something good that, that happened from the Texans, David Johnson looked good. He actually looked like a back that could be competent. I did say that I, I didn't think he was going to be good. He proved me wrong big time. He looked really well. He had over 100 yards and a touchdown in his debut with the Texans. He looked good. Yeah, he did. Straight up. Uh, um, he, he, the thing that stood out with him, to me from him was – his vision. I he mean, really he, good. He, he was finding gaps and uh, he was really patient uh, in the backfield too, just waiting for holes to open up and, and he hit him hard. Uh, he's a hard runner. Uh, his style. I really like his style. Just, just wait almost a Le'Veon Bell esque type of, um, I, I want to say just, just patience. And then being able, once that hole does open he up, hits he, it hard. he hit it really hard and yeah. runs with a lot of um, power. Um, yeah. I'm not ready to crown him. Like, like he was in 2016, that Pro Bowl year. I'm not ready to say he's back there yet. But he looked really good. But I think he could very well be a solid running back. I mean, you look, the at right the, you look at the box score here. Um, and a run game is really going to help out in uh, in a Houston organization like that when you have – it's going to take pressure off of Deshaun Watson, and it's just going to make the offense more well-rounded, especially, like you said, when you don't have a lot of positional talent. I mean, I agree. David Johnson had he had 11 carries for 77 yards. That's really good, averaging seven seven yards a touch. That's fantastic. He had a touchdown. And then he also added three grabs for 32 yards, so over 100 total yards. That's what you like to see. But we, like I said, back to the positional depth and talent, what you don't like to see is that Will Fuller was the only one over three catches. Um, mm, yeah. 
Wilford had eight catches. No one else other than David Johnson, who's a running back, had three catches. Um, everyone else had two, one, or zero. Kenny Stills was a non-factor. Um, Brandon Cooks, the new addition, was a non-factor, two catches, 20 yards. Randall Cobb, new addition, non-factor, two catches for 23 yards. It just wasn't good. Um, but then you look at the Chiefs, extremely deep. Sammy Watkins, seven seven catches, 82 yards. Travis Kelsey had six for 50. Tyree Kill had five for 46 and a touchdown. Demarcus Robinson, three pretty clutch catches for 20 yards. Um, and then even in their backfield, you get a guy like Clyde Edwards-Alaire, um, but a – not Damian Williams, Darrell Williams. Um, even Sammy Watkins carried the ball a couple times. Anthony Sherman came up with a big fourth down carry. That's what you need. Yep. Um, Patrick Mahomes with a 123.3 QBR. They just looked solid all around. The Texans, on the other hand, did not. Um, but, hey, it's only week one. It's still early. But uh, let's move on to, yeah. to our top matchups. Right. Incredibly excited about a couple of them here. I, I want to start with one. Uh, that I know I'm going to be watching as soon as it pops on, and that's going to be the Chargers and the Bengals. Um, I think everybody who's a football fan in the United States or outside of the United States, I know we have a couple out-of-country listeners. Yeah. But, um, guys, everybody wants to see Joe Burrow play. Yeah. I want to see how he handles it, especially against a really, really, really tough pass rush like the Chargers have. Yeah, I think the, the spread's only minus three, which is a little bit, I think, crazy that the Chargers are only favored by a field goal against Cincinnati. I think that, first of all, I'll start with, I think that this might not be the best game that like to watch, you know, um, like, I think there's more talented matchups and more meaningful matchups. I guess every matchup is meaningful, but more matchups with future playoff teams. Like you get Cleveland, Baltimore, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, uh, Green Bay, Minnesota. We'll get to those. Um, but I think what makes this matchup intriguing is, like you said, you get new Joe Burrow, see how he meshes with his new coach. His weapons are actually kind of healthy. You get A.J. Green, John Ross. Um, you get those weapons healthy. Um, Joe Mixon, their defense terrible. That's why I started Hunter Henry. Hopefully he pops. We'll see. But then you get – and then you go to the other side. You want to see Joey Bosa fully healthy. You want to see that Chargers defense, even without Derwin James, can they be – a viable option? Can they be a decent defense? And then you want to see Tyrod Taylor. Can Tyrod Taylor actually command an offense in the NFL, which he has? He's a winning quarterback. So I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see that matchup. So who wins that game? I'm taking I'm taking the Chargers all day. Yeah, I take Chargers too. Um, the over-under is 41 and a half, though. What are you going with there? I'm going with the under. Uh, you have a quarterback like Joe Burrow, who I don't think is going to put up a ton of points. And then, like you said, with Tyrod Taylor. I we mean, don't know yet. It's so, just a question mark. So I'm going to take the under on that game. I will take the under as well. I think it's going to be like a 24 to like hmm. – I'm, I'm going to go out and I'm going to say 21-10. I'm going to go 21-10. I'm going to go 24-13 Chargers. Hopefully Hunter Henry catches me a touchdown pass. We'll see. Uh, moving on to our next intriguing matchup, um, in my opinion, I'm, I'm going to go with Green Bay, Minnesota. Okay. They're obviously the two favorites to win the division. I don't know which one's technically the favorite, but they're both in the hunt easily. They should be probably equal odds, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, very evenly matched teams. Minnesota's favored by three. Oh, I have uh, on Yahoo Sports, they're favored by two and a half. All right, well, same thing, same thing. So favored by two and a half. Um We'll get to why this is intriguing. Like I said, both vying for the division lead. I want to see if Kirk Cousins can win a big time. I know it's only at 1 o'clock, so it's not technically prime time. I would call this a big time game, though. Can he start off this year? He got a big playoff win last year. Can he come back this year with a vengeance? Can he start off with a win and beat Aaron Rodgers? That would be huge for him. Yep. And I'm intrigued to see Matt LaFleur's second year. Can Aaron Rodgers continue? Is he going to continue to decline, or is he going to get better? How's our running game going to be? Is there any wide receiver depth that's going to pop out of the woodworks? I'm interested to see. Yep. Um, predictions for that? Who's who's winning it? It's at Minnesota. Not that there's – Home field advantage. Home field advantage. But just being at home, that level of comfortability, comfortability I'm going to go with um, Minnesota. I think they're a more uh, – like a deeper team. They have two really good options at wide receiver. I think Justin Jefferson is going to be a beast. I think they have two really good options with him and Adam Thielen. They have the better running back in Dalvin Cook. I think he's better than Aaron Jones. Catches the ball better. 
quarterbacks pretty even. Both of them had – I mean, Aaron Rodgers had about 400 more yards passing, kind of negligible. Both had 27 touchdowns, pretty equal on um, pass rating as well. But the back end of the um, of the Vikings defense, I think, is going to be crucial. You have Daniel Hunter, who um, had 15 sacks last year. So, I, 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 think, I, I think they pulled out. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take the Packers. You're gonna take the Packers. Yep. I'm gonna take the Packers. Um, I like I like Aaron Rodgers. I okay. think he, he's just he's so experienced, um, especially in a season where it's been different. You're not gonna have a preseason. You don't have OTAs. I think experience wins here, and I think oh, a really good quarterback. Hold up, Daniel Hunter's out. Okay, yeah, no, I'm picking. I'm gonna pick Green Bay. Okay, I am gonna go with Green Bay. I think Aaron Rodgers veteran leadership is gonna yeah no i'm gonna go green bay here yep um i'm gonna probably say i at least i at least pick them to cover the spread three points for two and a half mm-hmm. but i think they're actually gonna win um, what's the over under on that the over under on that football game is 44 and a half i'm gonna mm-hmm. pick the over i don't think either of the defenses are incredibly good i know the the minnesota's strong back end and Michael Kendricks is good, but missing to New Hunter, they're not going to have a great pass rush. And then you look at Green Bay, they do have a good pass rush. Their back end's lacking a little bit. I think they're rated um, in the bottom 15 of the league last year. So I would probably go with uh, over on that. Okay, yeah, I'm also going to go over kind of for the same reasons, especially because offenses have the advantage right now, um, especially early on in, in, a, in a weird season. I'm going to take the over on that game as well. I agree. Um, all right, moving on here. Let's see. I, I'm excited to see Cleveland-Baltimore. I'm really excited to watch that game. I'm excited to see the new toys that Cleveland has. Um, you get Austin Hooper, you get OBJ's healthy, new coach, Nick Chubb breaking out, Kareem Hunt will be even better. Baker. I'm excited to see that. And then also uh, Lamar's on my fantasy team, so I'm obviously pumped to watch that. And Baltimore's loaded, and I want to see just how scary they could be because they're the only team that I think will compete with Kansas City of the AFC. So I'm excited to see – how that works for them. Yep. Uh, moving on here. Not really interested in Dallas and LA. I've I want to talk about. Enough. I want to talk about Tampa Bay and New Orleans. Yeah, that's going to be a great game. Um, Tampa is. Oh, New Orleans. I'm, I'm sorry, is favored by three and a half. I think that's a solid amount. I do take Tampa to cover, but early on, I think the the continuity of the Saints plays out here. I think the Saints win, especially at home. Yeah, I, I'll take the Saints. They have a better running game. Um, Better defense, just more deep. Like I said, the continuity, you, you're returning pretty much everyone. Cam Jordan's a beast. I'll take I'll take the Saints. Okay, I'm going to take the Buccaneers, and here's why. I like Brady. Uh, I like his familiarity with, with, with Gronk. Oh, well, okay, big big development here. Mike Evans is doubtful. Oh, he's doubtful. I'm going to go Saints then. Um, <laughs> he's a big target. Yeah, he's, he's going to be Brady's top target, I would say. Um, so yeah, I'm going to switch over to the Saints now. And, uh, I mean, it's going to be close and I don't think the Saints win by much, but I do think they win. I think, like I said, I think Tampa covers the spread. I think it's going to be a two, three point game. Yep. But I like New Orleans in that game. I'm I'm excited to see Drew Brees, how he starts his campaign on what I think is going to be his last year. I'm excited to see how Tom First year with the uh, with the Bucks is. I'm just so excited to see that Brady and Breeze matchup. Yeah, um, not too interested in in Las Vegas, Carolina. Not really good. Um, Indy, Jacksonville, kinda. I want to see Philip Rivers, and I want to see just how bad Jacksonville could be, but not one of my top games to watch. I would say Cowboys um, and Rams would be another big one. No, I just said I'm not interested in that. I don't oh, care about them. Really? I don't care about LA. I I'd love to see how Dak plays. Yeah, I guess. Okay, yeah. I, I'm interested to see the new pieces. I'm interested to see C.D. Lamb. I'm interested to see the new coach. interested to see if Dak can actually play. But I wouldn't call it my top, one of my top games to watch because I'd rather watch Miami New England. And here's why. I want to see how this Cam thing's going to work. Yep. I'm so intrigued to see how they're going to design plays for him. Um, I'm also excited to see Miami. They've got a lot of new pieces. Kyle Van Noy, Byron Jones. Even if they don't start two, which they're not going to. Ryan Fitzpatrick is the week one starter. I'm so intrigued to see the other pieces around him, Jordan Howard, Matt Breida, and see how they could look in the future. Um, New England's actually favored by six and a half. 
I take Miami to cover. I do take New England, though, to win the game, actually. I'm going to take New England as well. Just because I think their defense is going to get them a win here. Yep. And I don't think Miami, so early in the year with a bunch of new pieces, are going to work all that well. Without a preseason and OTAs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then one and my final game that I want to watch is Arizona-San Francisco. Yep. I want to see if San Fran has a Super Bowl hangover, and I want to see Kyler Murray. Straight up, I want to see him throw to DeAndre Hopkins. I want to see him air it out especially because I have DeAndre Hopkins on my team. <laughs> I want to see him air it out straight up. I mean – And I want to see how they do – how that's going to work against the 49ers defense. I'm a, yeah, and I'm just really excited to see if Kyler Murray can take another step forward. Um, going into his rookie year, I don't think anyone expected him to be as electric as he was. And if he can take a step forward, that'll be awesome. I want to see Buda Baker coming off that new contract. Chandler Jones, 19 sacks last year. Can he continue that? Um. I will take – uh, I do take San Fran to win, but I take the Cardinals to at least get within that six-and-a-half-point spread. Over-under is 48th. Um, Fox bet over-under, by the way. Uh, I would probably go under on that, and here's why. Young quarterbacking, it's a really good defense. And then on the other side, a ground-and-pound team that's can put up a lot of points, but is is going to put up an incredible amount of points. Ah. I'd say the same. I'd say I'd take the under two. Um, and I say the 49ers win this game. I think this defense is gonna is gonna win the game. Yeah, I think it's gonna frustrate Kyler a little bit. Um I mean Kyler's been a guy we've been talking about on this show now for, for some time and, and just a player to watch coming into his this year. Um and, and seeing if he can take that next step, like you said, it's gonna be it's gonna be the the biggest I'd say the biggest year of his career if he can carry it on. Yeah, we'll see. Um, and then, yeah. obviously, I'm, I'm excited to watch Pittsburgh and the, and the Giants. That is on Monday night, though. Monday so. night football, yep. Uh, we'll give you guys more predictions Monday morning. I'm not going to get into the Monday night games too much, but I do want to let you guys know I'm very interested in watching that game. I'm not going to give you any overrunners or anything like that. That will be on our Monday So show. excited to see, though. Yeah, but tune in Monday to see it. Yep. Um, and that just about does it, right? Yeah. All right. That wraps up this episode of The Issue. So make sure you guys are going to our Instagram. Uh, we have a new graphic up on there as of yesterday. So make sure you're going to our Instagram at the underscore issue podcast and our Twitter at the issue podcast. You can find everything on both of those platforms. So thanks for sticking hey, around. Remember, instead of going to CBS Sports for your news, come listen to the podcast because CBS Sports has no idea what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and if or you at least Pete Prisco doesn't, and if you don't know what he's talking about, go back and listen to the episode. You'll know exactly what he's talking about. But guys, thanks for sticking around with us today. Make sure you catch us on Monday. That was the issue.